Hello there. Welcome to yet another edition of the Mixtape Podcast, the podcast dedicated to discussing film from a screenplay writer's perspective. I'm your host for this week. My name is Marcelo Inestrosa, joined as always by my fellow co-host, Dean Stark. And on this edition of the show, we will be discussing the 1977 film Saturday, Saturday, oh my God, Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> This is, this is my favorite opening ever. <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep going. So uh, with that in mind, as we do every week, I will kick it off to my co-host, uh, Dean, so she can take us through this interesting, groovy film, scene by scene. So Dean, take it away. You know, when I was watching this, all I wanted to do was sign up for a disco dance class. <laughs> I was like, is there a, like a disco class? Like, honestly, it's one of those movies because of the dancing and the music. It just wants, it, I don't know, for me, it made me want to like go out and like fucking boogie to, to this kind of music. But like Marcelo said, Saturday Night Fever 1977, directed by John Badham. Badham, I think that's how you say it. Written by Nick Cohen or Cohen. Oh, fuck, I'm so bad with Cohen. pronouncing. Is it? Is it? Okay, we'll just leave it with Cohen. Cohen and uh, Norman Wexler. So, anxious about his future after high school, a 19-year-old from Brooklyn tries to escape the harsh reality of his life by dominating the dance floor at a local Hold disco. On. Yeah. Hold on. An- excuse me. Anxious to, anxious to escape his future after high school? We're going to get into that, but I don't believe that at all. But go ahead. Anxious about his future. It was really, yeah. We'll get into it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Oh yeah. I did. I did. I did not. I did not get that at all. But let's get into it. Let me tell you something about this movie. Not you. Not the viewers. This movie is very, very convoluted for the time. It would have been like off the charts. But if you watch it now, there's a lot going on in this movie that doesn't need to be there because we review from a screenwriter's perspective, right? There's about three or four different storylines that are going on. That that can be thrown out. That can be thrown out. There's so many subplots. Mm -hmm. And a subplot, if for the people out there that don't know, is supposed to weave into the plot, like the actual plot of the movie. None of these subplots. Yeah, the larger story. Yeah weaved into the larger story it was like the writer went let's do this that'll be cool let's do that but like i said for 1977 i mean this movie was just like a a smash hit and i can understand why but looking at it from a screenwriter's perspective today there's a lot of stuff in it that kind of makes no sense so yeah well we're we're like 100% gonna get into it the opening shots of the movie are really for me really beautiful because uh they're helicopter shots of uh, brooklyn of the brooklyn bridge and you know, I've, I've I'm obsessed with New York, so I was really really happy. And weirdly enough, something I did notice was the trains are exactly the same <laughs> from 1977 to 2023. Nobody's bothered to change the way that New York trains look. <laughs> they look exactly, even the inside looks exactly the same. And I was like, huh? <laughs> so, so, so if you want a bit of history in New York, go on one of the trains because literally these trains are from 1977. Anyway, shots of Brooklyn. It's, okay, this is good. It establishes the location. And then the the actual like kind of opening scene is the iconic walking scene to the iconic, one of the best songs ever, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. And it is, it, we introduce Tony, which is John Travolta, 
and he's walking down the street and he's holding a paint can and then he stops and he asks for two slices of pizza and so then he starts walking again he's eating the pizza and then he keeps he women keep walking past him and he keeps kind of looking behind him like he's just he's crass right he doesn't even care he just one of them he even runs after and follows <laughs> and she's like trying to get away from him and it's like oh that's not that's not good so any so he keeps walking and he sees a shirt in a window and he goes in and he puts $5 down on it and he goes, keep it. I'm going to get the rest of the money. So that shows that he doesn't have a lot of money. So that was good. That was showing, not telling. And then he enters a paint store and he puts on a work shirt and we realize he works in the paint store. And then he asks for an advance in pay because he's going out dancing this weekend and his boss is like, no, you get paid on a Monday. You don't get, you know, you're supposed to make it last, you know. So listen, that was the opening scene. I liked it but because what it did was it establishes Tony. It establishes, he, he, he basically looks at women like they're pieces of meat. So that's, a, that's his character. He put, he's poor. He doesn't have money. He works in a paint shop. Again, he's poor. He doesn't have money. And also he asks for an advance. He's poor. He doesn't have money. (laughs) So, So all of that kind of makes him the character that he is. Now, question for you. I'll ask about this or about what you thought of the opening scene. But before that, I want to ask, what did you think about Tony as a character throughout the whole movie? Did you think he was likable? Because I have my own opinions on Tony. No, he's an asshole. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> he's a bit of a um, dick. He, look, he does look, 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 look. I, I'm really glad that the writers who wrote, or the writer who wrote this movie took the time to establish him in the first scene of the movie. Obviously, you see him walking on the street with a paint can. You see him glaring at women. This guy is basically a dog because... Because, like you said, yeah, uh, he 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 goes by one woman and he physically walks in front of her, and then the director does something really cool when he walks in front of her. The director does a POV shot of basically his view of the girl, and the woman is trying to get out of the way, but Tony is not letting this poor woman get the fuck out of the way. Mm. So I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this fucking <laughs> asshole? Right away, right away, I'm like, I do not like this. And, and and the other thing that really bothers the other thing that really bugged me about it was like his whole getup. He looks like a gangster. And I'm like, the yeah, hell? but that was the that was the that was what right, they wore. I, no, I no 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 no. I understand that, but I'm like, the hell. I'm just like I was like, no, I don't like this dude. Um, and you know, and and the other thing, the other thing is that I really like the way that John Travolta inhabited this character because you said that uh, it's, it's, it's established from the very beginning that he doesn't have much money, but John Travolta throughout the whole course of the movie plays Tony with a sense of bravado and a sense of, and a sense of, I, I belong at a higher station than the one that I'm at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some, and sometimes a lot of times that bites him in the ass. Mm-hmm. Which 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 we'll get to, but I but I really like the way that John Travolta played the character because he played it with a sense of I'm better than than my lot in life. Yeah, he's cocky. He's cocky. He's confident. He thinks that he's basically God's gift. He thinks he's so good looking. <laughs> like he just thinks he's he's fantastic, which is it's oh. going to be to his detriment, really. Right. Oh, I can I can I just interject yeah. one more thing? Yeah. 
it was really funny seeing John Travolta with a full head of hair. Because uh, now, nowadays, guys, John Travolta is as bald as Patrick Stewart. So, <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. That's true. So, so, so it was just, it was just really funny seeing John Travolta with a full head of hair. So now we follow Tony and he, he enters his home. He lives with his Italian American family. As soon as he walks in the door, his mother goes, ah, Tony, where are you been? Where are you? You know, she's just on his ass. And this is a 19 year old guy. And he's just, he just ignores, he just not, um, um, he doesn't even, doesn't even acknowledge that, like, he's just, uh, he doesn't want to hear it. He runs up the stairs and his little sister comes down and goes, oh, Tony, I drew this for you. And he's really nice and really compassionate with his sister. And he goes, I'm going to put it in my room right now. I'm going to put it up on the wall. Like he's, he ignores his mother because his mother just nags, but you can see that he's got, um, He's got a really nice relationship with his sister that was actually never explored in the movie at all. It should have been because she could have been the one to bring him down a couple of notches, but they didn't didn't think that. Yes, yes, exactly. And actually she's in more than, she's like in four scenes because she actually does show up uh, later on in the film. But I do want to, I do want to ask you, Mm. did you notice that she was wearing the same clothing that Tony was? No. I didn't. Yeah. Was she? She was, she, yeah, she was wearing the exact same clothing that Tony was. Oh, uh, you know, right. So she admires him. Yeah. 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 So, so, so I found that just really, really funny. And also I would love, I, I want to point out the accent that John Travolta uses throughout this movie. It's very, Brooklyn. it's very heavy, heavy, heavy <laughs> Brooklyn-esque and a lot of, and a lot of people, a, a lot of characters in this film I should say, use the heavy Brooklyn Jersey accent. And I'm like, these actors did a really good job with that. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I loved it. I love the Brooklyn accent. And I thought, I, I didn't think yeah, he put yeah. it on too much, but I think he did a good, I think he did it like perfectly because you can go too far with the Brooklyn accent. Like you can start sounding like Harley right, Quinn, right? right? So right, he didn't yeah, do right. that. You can overcook it. Yeah, you can overcook no, but, it. No but, no, yeah, no, but the thing about Harley Quinn, just really quickly, mm. Harley Quinn's accent is really heavy and Harley mm. Quinn sounds like she's from Jersey. Yeah, I never quite picked where she was from because it was so thick. So moving on. So we go, we're with Tony and he's in his room getting ready to go out and he's in his underwear. He's just in black underwear and he's admiring himself in the mirror. He's looking at himself in the mirror. He's looking at his muscles. He's, and he, he's looking at his hair and you're like, oh my God, like this is, this is really, he fucking, he absolutely adores himself. He thinks he's God's gift. And you know what? Oh listen, God. listen, listen, listen. As, what look, a fucking douchebag. I'm sorry. As a, as a female looking at that, I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what like, a fucking, I'm sorry. Listen, listen. I'm sorry. For, for 1977 for an Italian, maybe, maybe. But for 2023, if a guy walked like that, like down the beach, unless you're in love with him, you just, it, you wouldn't, it's not a thing. <laughs> it's not a but thing. You, but, but, but also, but also just really quick here. I would like to point out the director in this particular scene, he picks some really weird angles to film John Travolta admiring himself in the mirror. It's like, it was just yeah, really yeah, odd. Yeah. Some, of, weird. some of the, some of the, some of the angles that he chose were really odd. Mm. And, um, I mean, I mean, I don't mean to see your thunder, mm. but at one point, Tony's father or John Travolta's or Tony's father comes into the room and says, hey, Tony, you know, dinner's ready. You know, come downstairs and eat dinner. Mm. And for some reason, 
that gets paid off later. <laughs> the director focuses in on a poster of, uh, I think it's Farrah Fawcett on the wall, right? Yes. Yes. The iconic Farrah and, Fawcett photo. Yeah. Yes. And the director focuses on, on one particular part of the poster. Her nipples. And there's like this, yeah. Yeah. And there's like this thing on it. And I'm like, is that what I think it is? I'm like, oh, that's fucking gross. Uh, yeah. I thought that that was weird. That was a weird choice to, to focus on, on, on that. And for the people that don't know, um, Farrah Fawcett did an iconic photo. It was up in every boy's bedroom in the seventies. She's wearing a swimsuit, so you can't see anything, but she, uh, you can see her nipples under, under the swimsuit. And the director, for some reason, decided to do a close up on that, which I thought was very yeah, but, bizarre. Yeah. But I, yeah, but I, but, but I think, but I think that shot was intentional. And, and if you notice when he did the close up on that particular section, there was something on the poster which was really gross and vile. Was there? I didn't even notice because I was just too. Yeah. I was too like yeah. overcome with like, why is this shot necessary? Yeah. No. I know, but no. But the shot is. I think the shot is necessary for 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 a scene later on that lasts like two seconds. We could you you you, oh. you could have taken it out. Oh well, you have to remind you, me you, of that because I feel like that was a nothing burger. Okay, it wasn't a nothing burger. Oh, oh, okay. You know, okay. We'll bring it up. Bring it up when it comes back because I have not written oh. that down. Okay. 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 So he's getting ready. Anyway, he goes downstairs. He's eating dinner with his family, and he doesn't want to eat dinner. He's like, he's like, Ma, I, I'm, you know, I'm all dressed to go out, and he's like, I don't want to get like sauce on my shirt. And so basically, he sits down at the table, and he's got like this like towel wrapped around <laughs> wrapped around his shirt, and they're eating. They're all eating spaghetti, typical Italian family. And there's the family dynamic that we get to know, which is the father's out of work and he's a bit of a dick. The mother isn't impressed with Tony at all. And she keeps going on about his brother, the priest. Oh, why weren't you a priest like your brother? <laughs> like The whole movie is about this mum being obsessed with her son. That's the priest, but that's going to kind of come back. And the family just doesn't understand him. It, 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 I, but the thing is, it's not like he's a 26-year-old guy that's got nothing going for him. He's 19. They don't, he doesn't even understand himself. Do you know what I mean? Like he's 19, go out, do what you need to do, get out of your system and then become an adult. So I I thought it was a nice thing getting to know uh, his family dynamic and how his family don't really understand him, don't really respect him, really. His family really, really, you know, throughout this court, throughout the course of this movie, I thought his family was going to be utilized more because in this scene, the writer and the director really introduced some interesting dynamics. Like you said, the father is out of work. He's very violent towards his son. The mother is obsessed with, with, with his older brother, who is a member of the m- member of the church. And the grandmother, who is really cute, she says something. She says something really cute, which is kind of when when she said it, it was kind of shocking to me. Before they start eating, she says manjare. And that is something that my father, my grandfather says all the time. And I never knew where he got it from, but now I know where he got it from. It's Italian. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's Italian. Yeah. He says an Italian word, but he's Spanish. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that's about. Oh. Um, but I do, but I do have something to ask you. Mm. Like in this scene, mm. the people are actually eating. <laughs> How do you feel about that? <laughs> I loved every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I watched them. I look, folks, if you don't know, I'm a huge, huge stickler for actors 
uh, when they're when they're doing a scene, when they're eating, to actually fucking eat, okay? Because if you watch scenes, usually actors, they push their food around, they, they go to put it in their mouth, but they don't quite get there. And it's just like, do you not think that people notice this? Because people notice this. So when I see people eating food, I just get so much joy out of it. I said, good actor. Actor, you know what? This is your job. And whether you have to do 50 takes or not, this is your job. And they did it and they were eating. So I was very, very happy about that. Tony gets picked up by his friends. Every single one of his friends is a dick. That none of them have any redeeming qualities. None just, of them. Even the little just, one. Just yeah, just one thing. These fucking guys are fucking absolute fucking morons. They There's a lot to yeah, say about them. They they are they're chauvinistic, they're pigs. They there's not one redeeming quality out of all of them. Usually, usually in movies when someone has friends, there's usually one that's like not so bad, so you can kind of connect with that one. No, not this one. They are all, sorry, they are all the same. So he gets picked up by his stupid friends and they go to the disco. And as soon as Tony walks in, you can see his whole energy changes. He is in his absolute element. Everybody knows who he, he is. All the girls love him. And he loves being there because it's an ego boost. Everybody loves him. Everybody knows him. And and then Tony gets on the dance floor and he is good, like really good, like epic. Like he's one of the, probably the best dancer in the club. And you go, oh, that's why, that's why all the girls swoon over him. Like that's why everybody loves him because he's the king of the disco. And it's really the only place where he can feel at home where he can feel wanted, where he can feel um, that positivity that he kind of just, and the non-judgment that he doesn't get at home. Now, there is a, there is a girl that comes up and talks to him and it's his on and off dance partner. And her name's Annette. He, she's really sweet. And what happens to her in the movie is actually really disturbing. And we'll get to that later on. And she goes, hey, Tony, you know, you, you know, you, you want to go out or something? And he's such, he's so mean to her. He's like, nah, I would never touch you. I'm never going to go. Like, he doesn't let her down gently. He's just, he's just a, a, a dickhead to her. And he just doesn't like her. She's totally in love with him though. And then he goes, all right, yeah, let's, let's go dance. So it's, he makes the rules for them. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, let, let's go dance. And you're, I'm sitting there like, girl, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. But they're an awesome duo because when they get on the dance floor, um, they they know each other's moves, they can anticipate. So they're really, really, they're really, really great dance duo. He just, he doesn't, he uses her basically because she's a good dancer. He uses her, but he knows that she's in love with him, but he doesn't care and he treats her like shit because he knows that she's always going to come back. And that's a huge ego thing for him. So anyway, he does the dance thing. He sits back down with his friends and there's a girl that comes up and she goes, oh, Tony, can I wipe your forehead? And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he's got groupies, right? He's got these girls that are just falling all over him to wipe his his forehead. And, and then he turns around and he goes, oh, do you want to dance? And she's like almost dying. And then they get on the dance floor and she just hugs him. And he's like, oh, what? And then he spots a woman. This is all one scene, by the way. <laughs> I know I'm going on. It's one scene. So then he spots a woman dancing on the dance floor and she's really good and he can't stop staring at her. And this is Stephanie and she she's going to become um, an integral part in the story. But he's just like, oh, my God, who is this woman? And look, to be honest, I saw her dance moves. They weren't that great. I don't know why. He, I don't know. Maybe she thought he thought she was pretty. I don't know. 
But um, then his dance partner tells him there's a dance competition and they should enter. And he says, okay, reluctantly, but like dance partners only, like I don't want anything else to do with you. And he just, he treats this poor woman with absolute disdain, even to the end. Like there's, there's no redeeming qualities in Tony, even at the end of the movie. So anyway, that was that long convoluted scene. I'm going to have a drink. Go for it. Tony, uh, just real quick before I start talking about the scene, Tony did not deserve a single thing that he got in this movie. Nope. His behavior throughout the course of this movie is unacceptable, and this motherfucker should have lost everything. Mm-hmm. I like, like, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how you feel, but I thought the dancing sequences in this movie were very, very robotic, and I, I was like. It was just like very slow and very like it was like the extras kind of like I I don't know I just felt that the the, the dancing sequences all throughout this movie were just kind of robotic and 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 not very good and not very lively. The other issue that I had with this scene in particular is I felt the audio dub like 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 like. B- before they get into the club, the audio dub was just like bad, and I'm like, because because you would because you would hear you would hear the lines from the actors, you'd hear the lines from Tony and his friends, but their their dialogue would be isolated and low, and then you would hear nothing else around them. So it's all so it's almost like they were like in a box. This is so weird. Like, did you did you pick that up at all? I, I picked up the the bad dubbing, but I okay. I didn't think anything of it because it was 1977 and they could only do what they could do. It's not like okay. now where it's like, do you know what I mean? I just ha- I have to take okay. look. If I saw dubbing like that in a 2023 movie, fuck that. That you, is not acceptable. Fuck that. That's awful. <laughs> but in 1977, no, but, I let it go. No, but no, but now now to stop complaining about the movie, get to the scene i you know what like you i really liked it because it does show tony in his element he does get he does get the attention and the respect that he deserves once he enters the disco i don't like the way that he treats he, he treats the girl annette in this particular scene and throughout the entire course of the movie and i also hate the way that these that his friends talk about women i'm like mm. what the fuck the way that these stupid fucking kids kids talk about women i'm like i throughout the entire course of this movie i wanted to kill all of them slowly i'm like <laughs> slowly. Oh, my guys but again look, look 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 but again these fucking wambots are young they're stupid they're racist so they're just awful uh, oh oh my god this this movie is so racist and so homophobic it's unbelievable no but the other the, the thing the thing that shocked me was uh, uh what tony and his group of friends were talking about on the way into the club i'm like what did oh, they yeah. just say oh yeah like out loud <laughs> <laughs> yeah but which we will the- not repeat but yeah it was not good no of course not. it was not good no it's not good at all yeah i was like what like that was like allowed uh but yeah. but, but, but yeah. anyway so the next scene is Tony is out with his friends and it's just a short scene and they're talking about how they'll never make money to buy nice things and that's just the way that it is. And Tony just isn't happy about that because he realizes that that's that's not what he wants. He doesn't want to walk go around with fucking like this his whole life. Like he wants money and he wants to be happy, but it's like how does how does he 
get it. And at first you think, oh, this might be a turning point for him, but it's not. It's not a turning point. Um, before I go on, <laughs> he doesn't have a fucking turning point. Before I move on, <laughs> spoiler alert, he doesn't have a turning point. Before I move on, um, I love the dance sequences in this movie. I didn't think it, it was robotic at all. I absolutely loved them. And I thought that for, it was discotheque dancing. It wasn't dancing that you would see in a nightclub now. It was discotheque dancing. And for that, I thought it was really, really awesome. But that's just me. Okay. 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 No. So no, that, no. Was, so yeah. that was that. And yeah. No. Um, I No, just, just real quick. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I don't no. mean to step on you there. But you always I step think, on me. And oh, you know bullshit. what? You know what? Every time you step on me, I love it. I love Fine. it when you step right, on I'll me. Step. Just step on me a little bit. All more. right. <laughs> all right. I'll, all right. I'll all right. I'll step on you a little bit more. And next time I might get hurt. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, I thought listen, listen, like you said, I thought that scene uh, with Tony is with Tony and his friends in the park served no purpose mm. because because that scene promised us that Tony would have an arc as a character. And throughout the course of the film, Tony has various opportunities to change his life and to, and to be a better person. So but many. He doesn't do that. <laughs> so many. So many. And no, and there's no, and there's one point in this movie where I almost want to turn it off. Cause the, the, the fact, the fact that he could, sit there while something awful happens to somebody else oh, yeah. i'm like are you are you fucking kidding me yeah get, oh get just get the fuck out of but we'll, but we'll get to that i i agree totally with you with 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 that but that's later on we'll get to it so tony's at work and his boss comes up to him and he decides to give him a raise of two dollars fifty and tony is so happy he's like oh my god two dollars fifty yeah and the guy goes what okay like three dollars and he's like what no, two dollars fifty. He goes, all right. I will give you four dollar raise. And Tony's like, I, I, I would be happy with two dollar fifty. And he goes, oh my god, I will give you four dollar raise. I never seen someone so happy to get a two dollar fifty raise before. But it shows that he's just happy to get anything. He's just happy to have any kind of positivity in his life because it means if his boss is giving him a raise, that he's doing a good job, which is something that he never got at home. He never gets told he's doing anything good. So he's just, it wouldn't matter if it was 50 cents. He would just be like absolutely over the moon. Now, could this be another opportunity for him to, to change? Yes. Does he? No, (laughs) he does not. He does not. So that was just a little scene. He gets home. This is, this is, this is the scene. Well, this is our scene. He gets home and he tells his dad, he goes, dad, I got a $4 raise and he's so happy. And his dad goes, so what? $4 is nothing. And uh, Tony is just like, like, it just, it just, it just takes the wind out of his sails. Like he was so happy and his dad's like, oh, whatever. It's nothing. It's nothing. And Tony's just like, he gets pissed. And he said, you know what? Only two people have ever told me I'm good in my life. My boss and dancing at the disco. And you sure as fuck never did. And he got up and he left. And his dad just, his dad's unemployed. I mean, he should be happy for his son. But if you look at the, the situation, the dad has the, his own issues. He, the, 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 the dad hates himself. The dad hates that he can't provide for his family. So the fact that his son is providing for the family, something that he can't do, um, I do understand that, but he's still, he's still being a bit of a, a dick about it. And also it shows kind of why Tony is the way that he is because he's got, he gets no love. 
And he doesn't know what love is, which is why he acts like a jerk to everybody because he doesn't understand until we get to know Stephanie more. And he kind of opens his heart a little bit, but not enough to be redeemable. <laughs> anyway, no, not at all. what say you? No, no, but you mentioned you mentioned that you mentioned the yeah, you mentioned the dynamic between Tony and his father throughout the film. And one thing, one thing that is very telling. Um, I, I, I just want to bring it back to the first instances when we meet Tony's family. Right, they're they're sitting around the dinner table eating dinner, and the what? And the Tony's mother mentions that she might start working, and Tony's father loses it he starts to he almost he almost he almost hits his wife yeah. because his wife mentioned that i'm going to get a job to, to 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 possibly you know loosen you know loosen the 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 weight right mm. to, to pay for the bills or whatever mm. and his father is so intrinsically sort of threatened by this yeah that he almost loses his gasket yeah so i thought listen i thought this film had a great opportunity to explore the relationship between Tony and his family, but they didn't really do that. They they sort of they sort of hinted at they were going to do that, but they did nothing with that. So they could have taken that out. But but you know what you know what you know what they could have taken out pieces of it because they still needed it to explain to us why Tony is such a fucking asshole. They could have done a lot of stuff with this movie that they didn't. <laughs> so right, we know this. So anyway, we're we're with Annette, uh, the girl that he just dismissed at at the club before, the nice one, and she's waiting for him outside a dance studio, and it's freezing. And she he gets there and he asks, "Why are you waiting outside? It's freezing." And she goes, "Oh, I like I like to watch you walk." She's just obsessed with him, and he's like, "Ah, shit!" Right? <laughs> and he just walks. They go inside together, and he sees the girl from the disco that he was admiring, and he keeps staring at her, and he approaches her. He approaches her. Very, very egotistical because he doesn't know any other way to be. He he strolls in, you know, his hair's all perfect. He makes sure, you know, he's got a smoke in his mouth, like he's he's all suave. And she's basically like, fuck off. I don't want to go out. I don't want to talk to you. And he gets pissed. His ego gets triggered straight away. And he just fucking mumbles something out of his breath and just fucking leaves. And, again, it's showing it's showing how childlike he is like somebody rejects not even rejection it's it's just like oh i don't i don't know you because he just expect he just thinks that he's god's gift because at the disco he's god's gift but when he goes up to this girl and she's like no i don't think he's ever been rejected before so he doesn't know how to uh work through that emotion and so he just gets triggered and basically like fucks off and which is which is more Look, I wouldn't say this is character development for him because he doesn't really have character development. He just has he just has more and more bad traits, <laughs> and it just gets progressively worse throughout the movie. No, I, I I think this scene does a really good job of showing us how how Tony does not know the world, how Tony sort of puts up this this false facade of confidence and bravado, but the minute that he is presented with someone who actually knows how the real world works and the minute that he is shown some resistance by a girl that has some fucking bite he just crumbles so i think this i i, I do think that the scene really shows us how over how how um how not ready he is 
for the relationship that he's going to uh, uh, endure with this character. Yeah, I agree with you. So Tony comes home and his family just looks like somebody fucking died. And then he hears his brother has left the priesthood and he's like, huh? And his family's fucking not happy. His mom's fucking crying. Why? Why, God? <laughs> like the mother is just like her, her pride and joy son is just like not not doing what she she wants him to do. So Tony goes upstairs and his brother's in his room. Um, Tony is happy because it means he has a conversation with his brother. That's he Again, there's a dynamic between him and his brother that should have been explored. His brother was obviously the more mature one. Again, his brother could have acted as an anchor to move Tony out of his egotistical ways and into a more mature way, but they did they didn't this like so it's so disappointing. There were so many opportunities to do that and they just they just fucking wasted. So anyway, he has a conversation with his brother and Tony's happy because now his brother is no longer on a pedestal, which means that his family no longer looks down on Tony as they once did. So he's fucking he's and that really goes to show he's happy when when you know something kind of negative happens to someone else because that means it takes the spotlight off of him which is kind of sad in a way what do you think yeah listen when his older brother decides to quit the priesthood and tony's reaction is really really apparent in that his family just treats him his family just treats him like a fucking punching bag his family blames him for all their problems so that mm. so so that shows you that his family has a deeper has a deeper uh, systemic problem within itself because you cannot blame your children for your own failures. That yeah. that yeah that shows that shows or that tells me that you don't have good self esteem. Yeah, exactly. I I really really thought that the writer was going to explore the relationship between Tony and his older brother, especially with him leaving the priesthood. I thought they were going to explore that a little bit more, but again, they kind of teased it and then they kind of dropped it. I thought the writer was going to do a lot of things that the writer did not do. I think the writer Mm -hmm. had a lot of opportunities to do a lot of things. There was a lot going on in Tony's life and the writer didn't use any of it. None of it. None of it. So Tony heads back heads back to the dance studio. I don't know if you noticed this. You know, you know the nanny is in this movie. No way, really. Fran Drescher is in this movie. Very, very young. She's one of the girls that goes up to him and asks him to dance. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I I did not I did not notice that. She's very very young. So anyway, he heads back to the disco and he he sees um he sees the girl there that he likes, Stephanie. And he asks her, he goes, look, I've been admiring you, you know, I think that we should go out on a date. Like he's just like, he doesn't give up. He really likes her, which I think I'm going to deviate here, but I'm going to bring it back. I think that guys think that that's like a turn on, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to give up. I know she said no, but I'm, I'm just going to keep trying to show her my interest. It doesn't work like that, boys. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> Maybe with like 1% of women, but like once we say no, we're not going to say yes because you keep harassing us. And I think a lot in a lot of guys' minds, that's if I keep harassing her, she'll just say yes, which is like, is that really a yes that you want? So anyway, I'm, I'm deviating, but I'm bringing it back because it's a part of the scene. So she reluctantly says yes because I think she doesn't necessarily like him, 
but she just says yes because she knows he's never going to stop, which is kind of not a good thing to do. <laughs> but what did you think? No, I think, you know what, I think Tony's insistence to go out with this girl really shows you how how he sort of needs something to chase after. And also his insistence to his insistence to convince her to dance with him really shows you the sort of social dynamics of the time in that no matter what women said at this time, men sort of disregarded them. They treated them like trash and they just kept coming and coming and coming until women, until women had no recourse. And they just said yes to get these dogs of men off of them, which is really unfortunate. But um, I, I, I thought that, that I thought that that was a really telling scene, and I couldn't wait until Tony got his ass handed to him a little later in the screen, a little later in the movie, in a in a diner scene that I liked very very much. Um, well, this is I think this is the diner scene because we're on their we're on their date. Okay, we're on, okay, we're on the date. It's very very clear from the get go that she's a lot more mature than he is. Because she keeps talking, she's traveled, she meets, she's meeting people, and he has no idea what she's talking about. He's like, she's like, yeah, I traveled here and I went there, and he's standing, he's sitting there like a deer in the headlights. He doesn't know how to communicate with someone that is mature, that is traveled, that uh, has spent a lot of time with a lot of different people. I mean, she talks about, you know, Laurence Olivier, uh, which was a famous actor at that time, and he was like, who? And she's like, what? He's and then she says, oh, he's in those Polaroid ads. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. And then later on he says, oh, do you think that he could get like a camera for me? Like he he doesn't, he doesn't, he has no um, perception outside of his bubble. He has no, just by saying that, he just looks, and she just looks at him like, no, I don't think he can get you a camera. Like it's not, he doesn't get it. And he realizes in this scene that he doesn't get it. And you can see he goes, she makes him feel stupid. She makes him feel immature. And she doesn't do it on purpose. It's just that everything she's saying, he can't keep up because he's like, all I do is, is like chicks, friends, disco, work. That's all he does. And he doesn't know any anything else. So he's sitting there like a deer in the headlights. All he's ever known is Brooklyn. He's never traveled out. He's never done anything. And she says to him, let me guess, you live at home, you go to the disco on the weekend and you hang out with your friends. And he smiles and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you know? Like, like, again, it's very childlike. It's very like, oh, she guessed it. How did she guess it? But like, it wasn't, it wasn't like a positive thing. And then she says, you're nowhere on your way to no place. And you can see all the positivity just like drain out of his face because he realizes in that moment, she's right. I'm actually not doing anything and it kind of it kind of wakes him up because she he starts saying like oh he likes dancing but maybe it's not a forever thing they didn't keep on that tagline though like they didn't keep on that because that should have been kind of an inciting incident for him in order to change his life but it wasn't because nothing in this movie changes this guy <laughs> okay so he brings up the dance competition she says she's happy to dance with him but that's it. She doesn't want a, a, a relationship. She wants to dance with him. So I liked that scene and this scene should have pushed his character forward, but it it didn't. But it did show that he's just 
not that much. He's just stupid. <laughs> no, this scene should have been the inciting incident to cause him to change everything about his life. But like Dean just said, it just didn't. And I really connected with this scene so, so much because just really quickly here, I just want to say a couple of things. In my life, I met someone that made me feel like an asshole and made me feel like I was like I was not good at anything and that I had no perception of the real world and that I was that I was emotionally like a child of two with a with a uh, with a fucking with a fucking diaper on. So, you know, you know, when we you know, when to, when, when she's caught when 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 she's constantly talking about uh, the people that she works for, the famous people that she knows and her experiences when Tony's got that deer in the headlights look, I was like, that was me two years ago. So I'm like, ah, I feel your pain. But with that being said, I was so happy that Tony got his ass handed to him and he got a taste of what reality really looks like. And it, it was just really unfortunate that this incident didn't didn't cause a chain reaction in him to make him change his ways. Yeah, I think anybody put in that position has a choice. Either you change or you stay the way that you are. So he chose to stay that the the way that the way that he was. But you know, this the movie's not real life. So in the movie, it should have changed him. He should have made that choice because it just there was kind of no movie because there's no there was no character development kind of um in him. I, I think that this movie, all my life, this movie has been heralded as one of the best movies ever, mm. right? And I watched it today, like like for the really for the first time ever. And I'm sitting and I'm, I'm sitting there going, "This movie fucking sucks." And you know why it sucks? Because all the characters in this movie are so irredeemable mm. and so fucking fucked up that you're. What is so great about this movie? Like the dance scenes are okay. I'll, 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 I'll give you that. The dance scenes are okay, but the uh, the character development for all the, the character development for every character in this movie is shitty. I mean, they introduce some interesting storylines with Tony's family, which they don't pay off at all. Tony just, I, I just, I'm like, oh, I just, I. The thing is, I thought this movie had so much potential, but like Dina said multiple times, the writer just didn't want to go there for some particular reason. You know, my mom loves this movie, and I asked her yesterday, I said, look, I'm just interested, why do you like this movie? And what she said to me is why I think people actually like it. She said, I love this movie for the music and the dancing and for nothing else. And I said, oh, I said, but that's it. People love this movie for the music and for the dancing and for nothing else. But yeah, but yeah, but okay. So okay, so you're telling me that these that all, all the people that like this movie, well, okay, obviously they don't look at it from a screenplay writer's perspective because that's that's what we're doing right now and it's awful. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Yeah, but I think at the time it was released again, 1977. Nobody had ever seen ever seen anything like it, and the right. life that Tony was living was the life that people were living 
That was that was right. the things that they said. That was they went to the discos. Um, you know, that was you know for people people that people watching this movie in 1977 that actually lived in Brooklyn and grew up in Brooklyn would have identified with this movie so much. That's why people loved it when it came out because it was at the time um, connectable. But now it's kind of not connectable. That's where it's it loses its its you know thunder a bit. His oh, his fucking stupid friends. His friends. I'm not. I didn't even write anything down for this thing. I'm so. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't with his fucking friends. I, this is what I'm gonna write down. What I I'm gonna. So I'm gonna write down. Fuck. Even my brain's dying over this. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. This is what I'm gonna tell you. What I wrote down word for word. Friends say their other friend is in trouble. That's that's literally what because that was the scene, that was the scene, and that, okay, that you okay. don't even find out what happened until an hour later once you've forgotten that he even had another friend. <laughs> because there's a scene in the hospital with his friend. I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like honestly, okay, just, just. oh my god, okay. That scene serves no purpose because that scene introduces a story plot. That serves no pointless, purpose because pointless. they they it's pointless. So just take it out. Just take it out. Just Off take you go. Let, let's move on. Oh my god. Oh my god. I would love to re-edit this movie. Fuck. Oh, yes. oh <laughs> my god. Oh my god. It would literally be 20 minutes, but it would be the best 20 minutes ever. You know what? I'll go I'll go one further. I'll I I I would take this movie and rewrite the shit out of it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you after this. Look, after I finish doing this, I'm going to tell you what I think the movie should should have been. But after after okay. we've done this, so now we're with okay. Tony and his family, and we're having dinner at his house. And his mother turns to him and says, "What did you say to your brother to get him to leave the church?" And I'm like, "What?" what <laughs> and he's fuck? like, "And Tony's like, oh, why are you blaming me?" Like that's the thing. Like you don't like him. But you kind of feel sorry for him, like one percent. You feel sorry for him. No, I don't. No, no, whoa, 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 whoa. not one percent. I know, I know. But when his family berates him, you feel sorry for him. And then the next scene is him being a dick. And then you're like, oh, I don't feel sorry for you anymore. (laughs) So it just (laughs) they cancel each other out, right? Which movies aren't supposed to do. You're supposed to actually feel for the main character, not hate him. No, but the other no, no, but Dean is right, right? As as writers, it is our job. To give our our lead characters uh, positive traits and negative traits, right? And uh, uh, as writers, we're supposed to balance the scales. And mm-hmm. and Tony's character, Tony's character throughout this whole movie is just one fucking way. He he has no fucking balance whatsoever as a character. <laughs> nothing. Zip. Zero. Nada. <laughs> fucking nothing. So we are, we are, where are we? We're with Tony and he gets to the dance studio, not the dance, not the discotheque, the dance studio. And Annette, the one that's like always falling over him, is waiting outside. And he, and he just casually tells her, look, I got a new dance partner. Sorry. And it was just so crass. And she's just, her, this actress, I, this is the, this is the only character I liked because she was so, you just connected with her. And I felt so bad for her that she just had this, this need to latch on to this just guy that wanted nothing to do with her. So he goes inside and he waits for Stephanie because he's supposed to meet up with Stephanie. And and then they she shows up and they start rehearsing. And after class, they're walking home. 
and he says, I, and this reminded this reminded me of you and me. Actually, <laughs> I, I saw that. Oh my god, this is muscle in me. They're walking home, and he goes, "I like you when you're quiet because when you're not when, because you're not laying all your shit on me, all the shit on me." <laughs> oh my god, that's right. That's right. And I'm like, oh, oh god. Like, that's that's so, that's that so is so right. Us. You know what? To be fair, that is kind of us, but. I love it when you talk. I know, I know, I know. Because th- because he says that because he he likes not hearing how shit he is all the time. <laughs> that reminds right, me right, of right, you. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people just need a break. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's like you know, just 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 lay off for just a little just bit. Just tell me you love me you... once. Just please. Just tell me I'm doing a just good job. On. One time. One fucking time. Come on. One time. So he asks a really interesting <laughs> question to Stephanie. He says, do you think I'm interesting and intelligent? And she said, interesting, yeah. But, you know, and she kind of skirts around the intelligent issue. And he's so, ha- again, he's so happy to get a compliment from someone and you're just like, oh, that's really cute. But then in the next scene, he just like uh, fucking cancels it out (laughs) because he's a dick. But anyway, that's that scene. Yeah. I mean, look, 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 I look, look, I really like the scene because again, it shows how Tony is way is, is punching way above his weight. And it also shows how insecure Tony is as a person, right? He gets one compliment Mm -hmm. and he, and he and he and he lights up because obviously he's not getting yeah. any positivity at home. But I also like the scene because, uh, it, you know, it it reminded me of a relationship that I have with with someone that's way more positive than this one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope fucking hope so. <laughs> no, 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 no. It is. It is. It's. It's. I, I mean, our 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 the the relationship that i have with this person is tremendously tremendously positive but i just but but i I look look look. the the most frustrating thing about tony's relationship with stephanie is that as as an audience member you think that stephanie is going to be the one to pull him out of all this shit Mm. and stephanie constantly shows him all the mistakes that he's making Mm -hmm. he takes it in for a second and then he fucking forgets about it. Oh yeah. So, so as a writer, I'm sitting, I'm sitting there going, the guy who wrote this must have fallen asleep at the wheel, <laughs> because, because seriously, you can, you cannot, you, you cannot write a character where a character realizes everything he's doing wrong, and then not have that character progress. Yeah. That is not pro. That is not proper storytelling technique. What are you doing? Yeah, but in 1977, it was. Because they, yeah, they, I, they, yeah. they, they, I didn't even know. I don't even think they knew about story arc, character arcs in 1970s when they they just wrote movies. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but I, I, I have to believe. Well, you know what? It's 1977, so I'll just, I'll just go with it. Yeah. So now he takes Tony takes his brother to the disco, and this is the scene that Fran Drescher is in. For anybody that is um, wants to know that this is the scene. And there's another right. fantastic, I think, dance sequence. And his brother sees how good he is. Now, he has a friend, one of his dickhead friends named Bobby. And Bobby's Bobby's about four foot tall. And he's got I a, hate this motherfucker. I hate this motherfucker. Sorry. He is, I think he's he I hate is, him. I look, I fucking hate him too. I hate them all. He is supposed <laughs> to be 
I don't even want to. I don't even like talking about his friends because his friends are so irritating. So this is <laughs> this is the cat. This is the friend that is supposed to be the friend, like the the redeemable friend. Remember how I said in movies when people have friends, there's always one that's like the good one. He's supposed to be the good one. Um, he's fucking not because he keeps he's he's like the meek one, and he's he's talking to Tony's Tony's on the dance floor, and he's talking to. Um, his brother who's just left the priesthood. He goes, oh, can I, can I talk to you? Can I? And his brother just wants to watch his brother dance on the dance floor and this this little dweeb is being so annoying and he goes, oh, so what would happen, like, uh, if, if if I got a girl pregnant, uh, should I marry her? Should The whole movie is just this fucking guy asking anybody that will listen, um, I got my girlfriend pregnant, I don't know what to do. I don't you care. Know, first <laughs> I of don't all, care. yeah. First of all, first of all, first of all, I echo my co-host's sentiments. I don't fucking care. You don't need this. What is the importance of this fucking story point in the grander story? Look, okay. what happens to him? Listen, what happens to him? You could have done by his fucking friends bullying him mercilessly. Yeah. Mercilessly. Yeah. You don't need any of this fucking shit. It's just, it's just way. It's just a waste of story real estate you don't need it yeah talking talking about waste of story real estate is the next scene and i've literally written down brooklyn bridge scene question mark because i don't get it i don't fucking get the scene there is a scene i'm going to explain the scene and i'm going to tell you why i don't fucking get it there's this this scene goes for about 10 15 minutes and all it is is tony and his friends they park the car on the Brooklyn. I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge or one of the one of the bridges. It's the Brooklyn Bridge. Brooklyn Bridge. They're they're jumping um, from from I don't I don't know wire to wire or something, and and they're just being idiots. And that's the scene. Okay, I don't get it. Okay, okay. First of all, what they're doing, even in 1977, and nobody stops. It's not them. fucking possible. No, it's not possible. No, it's not. Fu- no, it's not fucking possible. And second, and secondly, I don't fucking get it. Makes no sense. Let's move the fuck on. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's go. So the next scene is his brother's leaving and his brother's getting getting into the car. See, his brother stay, his brother's in two scenes, makes no difference, and now fucks off. So he tells him he should do something with his dancing because he's really, really good and he needs to stop letting people tell him what he should do with his life because if you do that, you will in, end up miserable. That should have been a really heartwarming scene, but it wasn't because guess what? Guess what, folks? Tony does nothing with what his brother says. And that's that scene. That's that fucking scene. Again, the writer really, really enticed us with a potential good story plotting point with Tony and his brother, right? Because Dean thought that 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 Tony's older brother, who just left in the scene that we're talking about now, was going to be the catalyst of Tony changing his ways. I I you know, you know, I thought it was gonna be uh, Stephanie the one that was going to sort of drive Tony to change. But neither of these two characters do that. Mm. And, 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 and his, and, you know, his older brother swoops in for two fucking seconds, gives him some fucking Yoda wisdom and then fucks off. Yeah. What is the, what is the use of him? Look, 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 look again, again, you could have, you could have done everything you could have done everything that you had Tony's older brother do. You could have given that shit to his family. We mm. we, we we didn't have to meet him at all, at all. 
<laughs> it's my fucking so, movie. <laughs> But I'm like, but but I'm like, why? Just fucking why? I don't know. Just fucking why? I don't know. So Tony's friends meet Stephanie, the girl that he likes. Let's just, I'm just going to sidetrack for like two seconds. They go to White Castle. I, fucking White <laughs> Castle has the worst fucking burgers. I swear to fucking God. They are horrible. Like, why are you going to White? Like, they're cheap. They're, they're no, I, they're, no, don't go, no. And no, I'm sorry, people that like White Castle, <laughs> but their burgers are fucking shit. Okay, they're fucking shit. You want you want good burgers? You got to go to I don't know what Five Guys. Oh my god, fucking go to was there Five Guys in 1977? Go to Five Guys. They have fucking the best burgers I've ever tasted in my life in New York. Fucking White Castle, no. But anyway, they're at White Castle. They're they're meeting with Stephanie, and he she leaves, and he go. Tony goes, "What did you think?" And one of them goes, "Have you fucked her yet?" And Tony gets annoyed. Oh, and he's just like you don't know her man like you, you don't know her and but it's funny because he used to be like them but now for the first oh. time he has feelings for a girl and he doesn't like the way like more than physical and he doesn't like the way mm. that they're talking about her because i know that you don't like the way that they speak but that is how 19 year old boys speak because that is all that that is all they think of right so yeah, i do i do i don't like it i do understand it but i did like again He's a redeeming quality. This fucking movie is a fucking yo-yo, okay? There is there is this redeeming quality in Tony where he's just like, oh, I don't like the way that you're speaking about her. But then in the next scene, he fucks, he fucks it up again. <laughs> so it's back to square one. No, you know, but uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned the White Castle scene. Um, I was really surprised that there was there was a White, White Castle in, in, in 1977. I was like, Oh my God, what, White Castle is that old? But the other thing that really pissed me off about the scene is that at one point, his fucking idiotic, stupid, no good for nothing friends, they fucking make this whole scene where one of them jumps on top of that. I'm like, what in the holy fuck are they doing? Yeah, stupid. Like, like what just, God damn it, I wanted to kill these people. Kill them, kill them yeah. Um, no, and no, and like, no, and like, look, look, and, and like you said, when they finally get the fuck out of the White Castle, one of his friends goes, "Have you banged her yet?" And mm. you know, and Tony shows that he's that he has a bit of character development. And he says, "Oh, I don't like you talking about her like that." But then a scene later, like Dean says, he fucking forgets about it. You, you know what he's like? He is like, check this out. You're gonna like this. He is like characters in the Next Generation because characters <laughs> in the Next Generation. Right, they'll 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 have something horrific happen to them <laughs> one week, but yeah, seriously, but like, it's never talked about again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like they just reset the character each episode. Exactly, exactly. So in TNG, they reset characters every goddamn week. Oh yeah, and in this movie, <laughs> it's like the writer is resetting Tony every fucking scene. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what? Yeah. So yeah. Oh. that's exactly what it, that's exactly what it is. He resets back yeah. to default mode, which is like shit mode. So now we're with Tony um, again <laughs> because we're always fucking, <laughs> we're always fucking with Tony, and he's asking his boss for the afternoon off, and his boss is like, no. And he, Tony goes, well, I'm I'm taking it anyway. And his boss goes, well, then you're fired. Then he goes, well, fine, yeah, you're fine, you're fired me, fine, I'm fired. So he walks out, and then Tony shows up at Stephanie's place, and he's hauling all her stuff into the car because he's helping her move. And so they're driving over the Brooklyn Bridge to Manhattan. Oh god. <laughs> I'm sorry. This was I have oh my actually, god. It it no, looks exactly no, no, like no. how it looks. No. Like oh my god. No, actually actually you know what? This was a really really nice shot 
of the car going over the bridge mm-hmm. and them having the the matches over. So that was a really, really nice shot. Yeah, but when they're driving down the streets, albeit it was only like one or two streets of Manhattan, and like the houses, they still look the same. Like the streets still look yeah. the same. And I was like uh-huh, dying yeah. because like, I, just in case people don't know, I am obsessed with New York. <laughs> Sorry, I'm obsessed with like Manhattan. Like I'm just obsessed. So I was really, really happy yeah. to see that. Yeah, no, folks, she's not kidding. <laughs> you say that with such disdain. She's not kidding. I have to hear about this shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you live in New York and, like, you know, do you know what I mean? Can I not be fucking jealous? <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, I cry course, every time. I uh, cry. Of course. You know, you know, you know, you know, just a quick aside. I'm jealous that, I'm jealous that you live around water. Yeah, no, I know, I know. We've both got we've both got positives about where where we live. So anyway, yes, um, this scene. So he was he basically wanted the afternoon off to help her move, and he's willing to get fired from a job. He's willing to lose his income to help this girl. So it shows how much he actually really does like her because he tells her, he "Goes oh, you know, I lost my job." She goes, "I didn't want that to happen." He goes, "Nah, don't don't worry about it. Nah, all good, all good, all good." And like again, it should have been like, oh, that's really sweet. But no, in the next scene, he just get fucking goes back to dick. Goes back to being a dick. <laughs> I mean, it is really, it is really cool that Tony is yeah, getting attached to this girl. But getting attached to somebody is not good. But no, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. No, it's not. I'm... Please don't attach oh, to me. Goodness. Anybody that's listening, I swear to God, if there is someone listening, they're like, oh, my God, her voice sounds so sexy. No, it's not. Back away. Back away. I don't want any attachments. Go away. Guys, guys, my co-host is a honey trap. Don't. She's like. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to be, though. I just fucking am. <laughs> What the fuck was I saying? I can't even. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so you know what? It's look, look. It's really, it's it's a really cool thing that Tony likes Stephanie so much that he quits his job to help her move. But here's the thing: Tony should be learning something from doing all these actions, but he should learns be. nothing, <laughs> nothing, be. nothing at all. Nothing. Like. You know, like like Dean, like Dean and I have said, he is like a character in the next generation. Yeah. Everything that he learns, he forgets in the next scene. Yeah. So what is the point? <sighs> Good question. What is the point? <laughs> I don't know. What is the point? I don't know. So they get to her place and she's moving into and there's a man in there and he kisses her on the lips and Tony just fucking does not like this because he's just the way that he fucking is. And... He asks, like, who is who's that guy and stuff. He thinks she's he thinks they've got some sort of like relationship, like they they fucking don't, right? He's just in his head. So Tony asks who he is, and she Stephanie explains that he helps her out, and he goes, Yeah, yeah, in the sack. And she's like, No, 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 blah, blah. She's trying to explain it. But then she realizes, yeah, like this guy's just using her for sex. Um, and but he she's using him equally to get knowledge and to get up in the world and stuff like that. And she starts crying because she realizes that Tony, for once in his fucking life, is right about something. And Tony, you can see again, this is another redeemable redeemable moment that he just loses later on in the movie. He gets upset that she's crying. He gets tears in his eyes, and you're like, oh, like you're not even expecting that. And so he takes her to a really beautiful location. It's a lookout of the Brooklyn Bridge to make her feel better. And he starts talking about the bridge 
to distract her from crying, he starts talking about stats and this is how long it took and this is this is these are the dimensions of it. He goes, I know everything about the Brooklyn Bridge. And she just kisses him on the cheek because she knows exactly what he's trying to do and she's very appreciative. And it was a really sweet scene. Too bad he totally loses it in later scenes. <laughs> but it was sweet. You know what? I, d- I did not like I did not like um the preceding the the preceding scenes leading up to them sitting uh, uh with with the view over the bridge because i feel that tony had no right to act the way that he did look he he likes stephanie but tony tony as a character within himself is a fucking dropkick and the fact that the fact that he judged her for her actions and for what she was doing to get ahead in her life, first of all, I'm like, motherfucker, you have no idea what it means to be responsible. You have no idea what it means to be in the real world. So how dare you judge this woman for doing what's necessary for her to get ahead? And the yeah. fa- and the fact, listen, and the fact that Stephanie apologizes for crying really fucking pissed me off. I'm like, good God, what the fuck are you? <laughs> I know, but the reason, I mean, look, he gets pissed because he wants it to himself. Yes, I understand. I understand that. We like, yeah, but it's, uh, uh, I know, I know. know. Look, listen, there, there. I'm patting you on the head. There, there. I know. I understand. This movie's weird. This movie's fucking all over the fucking joint. Thank you. Off you go. I needed that. (laughs) Tony goes back to work to basically beg for his job back. And his boss says, look, you can have your job back because you're a really good worker and I really like you. And he starts pointing out two of his other workers. He's like, yeah, fucking Bob has been here 20 years and fucking Carl has been here 50 years. And and Tony's looking at them and you can see on his face like, fuck, I don't want to be here for another 20 years. But that that doesn't come back either <laughs> because that should be a turning point for him. And it's fucking not. So... Tony goes to the dance studio, sees Stephanie dancing with the owner, and they're just dancing. Like it's it's fun. It's a fun, it's not intimate. It's just they're just she's dancing with him while waiting for Tony. Tony gets pissed, like full on jealous, and just fucking storms out. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's a ch- like actually a fucking child. Like you could say nothing was happening. It was just they were just dancing together, and then he storms out. And I'm like, oh, Tony. You're a dick. Yeah, but you know what? You know what I realized about this scene? I realized why the dancing is so stilted to me throughout the whole mm. course of this movie. Yep. And you know what it is? What? I'll, I'll get to the scene. And I'll get to the scene in just a minute. It's the shoes that they wear. They have to dance like that because the shoes that they wear wouldn't allow them to dance like modern dancing movies because the shoes are basically yeah. they're all wearing high tops. They're platform shoes. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, and and you cannot dance like like really well in platform shoes, right? Well, you you again the you dance could. the dance moves are seventies dance moves. When when Tony came in and he saw the owner of the dance studio dancing with Stephanie, I really thought that the way that he that he acted was like a child. But the other reason why he didn't want the owner of the dance studio dancing with Stephanie because it is really, it is just said early on that the owner has slept with every girl that has come to the studio. Yeah. So, so he is kind of worried that that's going to happen to Stephanie, but listen, his reaction is totally, totally 
unwarranted and the way that he acts is just like come on just just grow up yeah no exactly so uh moving on next scene tony uh this is the this is the dance competition and he's wearing the famous white suit that's on all the posters for a saturday night fever yeah he sees stephanie waiting out the front for him and you know there's no bad blood anymore he's over it she's over it and they know that they have a job to do they go in look there's there's um, dancers before them. There's three three couples dancing. Their dance. This is what I have a problem with. Their dance uh, was not was crap. It was the worst dance sequence of the whole movie. So he's dancing in the white suit, and they're dancing to "More Than a Woman" by Bee Gees, which is a good song, but it's not like a dance competition song. So I thought the song choice was bizarre. The moves were really crappy. Like. All the other dance sequences I thought were really upbeat and great, but this one was just like really lackluster. I'm like, isn't this movie about a dance competition? It was the editing. The editing was awful too. It was awful. It was it was awful. So Tony sees. So they finish dancing, and then a Puerto Rican couple gets up, starts dancing, and they're like fucking amazing. It's like, no, this is what the last dance should have been. This should have been his dance, and Tony is just wowed by how good they are. And uh, Tony and Stephanie end up winning first prize, but Tony is pissed. And I'm sitting there like, wow, he's really, didn't he want to win the money? And he's, he's so pissed. And then he says he knows the Puerto Rican couple were better. And the only reason he won is because it's rigged because they know him and he's pissed. And then he goes up to the Puerto Rican couple and he gives them the trophy and the money. He goes, you earned this. I didn't. And then he drags, he storms out drag stephanie stephanie's like what the hell like what is like he just even if it was rigged which it was like he he doesn't know how to um deal with his emotions and he just storms out with stephanie and um they get into his car the back of his car he starts acting like a prick to her because he doesn't know how to manage his emotions and she pushes him off and gets out of the car and tells him to fuck off and now he's fucking just fucking pissed he's just pissed off and I just thought, look, folks, this is literally the end of the. This is this is this, there's like two more scenes, and then the movie is, oh, in, is yeah, at an almost, end. Oh, yeah, and yeah, he almost. And he's still a dick. <laughs> he's still no, a dick. You know what? You know what? You know what? But he basically tries to rape the. He just basically tries to rape Stephanie. He does. I I I just couldn't. But look, if you if 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 you think that's bad, where we're, where we're going is even worse. Yeah, so that's that's look, that scene should have been the crescendo of the whole movie. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but there should have been. So okay, this scene Tony's in the car. His friends come out of the nightclub with Annette. And they give her she asks one of them for drugs. And they're like, are you sure? You know, I don't think you can take it. She's like, yeah, yeah, because she wants to just get in with the boys. She wants to get in. She just you just feel so bad for her. So she takes it. And She's sitting in the back car with two of the boys. The other one's sitting up the front um, with Tony and the the Bobby, the, the idiot that goes, I got my girlfriend pregnant, it's fucking sit driving. And they stop at the Brooklyn Bridge. And before they stop, one of the guys is in the back with with Annette and they start having sex consensually. And, he's, and he said, oh, it's always good to be the first one. And you can see the look on her face change and she's like, wait, wh- what? What? what because this is she this is the guy that gave her the drugs and she kind of likes him and she's like what so they stop 
And then one of, the, and then he gets out, and then another guy gets in the back, and then starts having sex with her, like basically gangbanging her. And I was just like, "What the fuck am I watching?" It was horrible. It was just like yep. I couldn't watch. It, she was crying, and Tony was sitting in the front seat watching, and he was doing nothing. He had no emotion on his face, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I want to throw this fucker off this fucking bridge." It was, it was horrific. I mean, does anybody know that this scene is in this fucking movie? It doesn't need to be in there. And then there's this whole fucking sequence on the bridge, which I don't care about because I want all his friends and him to fucking die anyway. And I'm like, fall off. I want, I will push you off this fucking bridge myself. And then his fucking friend, his little four foot friend that keeps going, I, you know, I got my girlfriend pregnant. Now I have to marry her. This fucking dweeb is, is falls off the bridge and dies. I don't care. I want them all to fucking die. And that was that fucking scene. So you can see how fucking riled up I am. That was unnecessary to have that in there. It was unfucking necessary to have that. Yeah, no, no, no. That no, no, that scene of of um you know of the of the gang of uh, the gangbang in the back of the car with Tony not doing a fucking with Tony not doing a fucking thing is completely unnecessary. And when that when Tony's idiot friend falls off the bridge i'm like hey tony why don't you go fucking after him because i don't i, I at this point guys at this point i wanted to turn the movie off because yeah. i was so fucking disgusted that tony let this woman get raped by his friends in the back of the car and this motherfucker did absolutely nothing what the fuck man and the flip Look, and the fact that the writer of this movie kind of rewarded him for this fucking awful behavior, I'm like, mother, uh, seriously, seriously, guys, I was just like, Dean, why do fucking people like this movie? Because I was watching this movie, and I, this movie is fucking awful. People like the movie for, this, for the dancing and the music, that's why. But, but, but they don't okay, remember, okay, okay. because I told my mom and she, but, she doesn't remember do any of this? this about the movie. She doesn't remember any of this. She just remembers the dancing and the music. People don't remember this shit from the movie. Oh God damn it. I know. And you know, and you, you know, when, when she's, she's the, the guys are fucking doing what they're doing to her. He's just watching and, and he looks, she's crying and he looks at her and he goes, Oh, are you happy with yourself now? Oh my God. I wanted what to rip his fu- fucking head oh, off. Oh my I actually wanted God. to rip his fucking balls off. You, you know what? <laughs> You know what? You know what? I wanted to do. I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to. Do, I wanted to do a polaram from uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I wanted to take his heart. Oh, Kalima! <laughs> Kalima! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah! Throw him into the pit <laughs> of the fucking fire lava shit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Guys. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Look. 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 At this point. I was like, please, for the love of God, let this disaster end. <laughs> well, there's only one more scene, folks, and then we're fucking o- it's fucking over. So Tony goes to so so his friend dies, and he won- he's wandering in the streets of New York, and he gets on a train, and he ends up in Manhattan, and he goes to Stephanie's house, and he goes, I want to. Uh, she won't open the door, and he goes, I want to apologize to you, and she goes, Well, do I need to be scared? And she's like, No, I'm not going to do nothing. Like I just have been wandering all night. I don't know what to do. So. She lets him in and he sits down and he basically says he wants more for his life. He doesn't want to go back to Brooklyn. He wants to stay here. He'll get a job. He'll do whatever it takes. And he tells her he wants to be friends. 
with her only. And she kind of goes, you know, can you handle that? And he says, yeah, I just, I just want to be, I just want to be friends only. And then she takes his hand and hugs him and the end. That's the fucking end. Does he deserve that? No, he fucking no. does not. He doesn't deserve yeah, yeah. that. Are you kidding yes, me? Yes, yeah, yes. And folks, do you realize something? Do you realize that they just forget about Tony's family like halfway through this movie? They forget about everything. They- <laughs> <laughs> no, because there's a scene. Listen, oh, sorry. There's a scene that I forgot. I didn't. I know. I didn't forget. I didn't put it in because I didn't want to talk about it. It was the scene where they go and they. Do you remember way back at the beginning of the podcast where we're like um, one of his friends comes up to him and says one of his other friends is in trouble? Well, they they start a fight with random people and then they visit his friend in the hospital. Um, that's it. That means nothing. Nothing comes back yeah. to anything. Nothing wraps around. Yeah. It's just like what the fuck is this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, this movie, when, when I was watching this movie, you know, for in preparation for this conversation, I was thinking to myself, what in, what in God's name possessed? <laughs> Why did Dean pick this? Why is she doing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not apologizing because I had to endure it too, okay? Okay, all right, all right. I suffered um, as well. <laughs> okay. So so with that, uh, would you like to move on to your trivia? This is going to be the best part of the whole fucking movie. <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead. All right. John Travolta ran two miles per day and danced for three hours every day to get into shape for this. He lost 20 pounds. He was quite skinny. 20 pounds um, is about 10 yeah, kilos. Yeah, he was very skinny. Yeah. Um, the iconic white suit John Travolta wore went for $145,000 at auction. Wow. Amazing. Um, the original title for the film was Tribal Rights of the New Saturday Night. What? But they decided that's not going to work. <laughs> no, that's not going to work. So, you know, Saturday Night, Saturday Night Fever is a great title. Oh, it's a great title. Two million. It, the movie was made on a two million dollar budget, and it grossed two hundred thirty seven million dollars. And that's in nineteen seventy seven. Oh wow! So that's yo, and not the you know also not to mention the other movie that came out that year. But we're not going to talk about that. Uh, yes, yes, Geekazoid. Okay, yes, <laughs> yes, Star Wars Geekazoid. All right, yeah. All right. <laughs> and we've already fucking talked about Star Trek. Okay, now you got to throw in Star Wars too. All right, all right, we get it. <laughs> Star Wars, 1977. We fucking get it. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. So this was, this was actually really interesting. So when they filmed the movie, they hadn't actually got the Bee Gees on board yet. It was only after they'd filmed it. So everything, every dance sequence in the movie that has the Bee Gees, John Travolta was actually not dancing to that music. What was he dancing to? He was dancing to Stevie Wonder and Motown music. And it's funny because when he saw the movie for the first time, he was like, what? I wasn't dancing to that. <laughs> oh, so 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 John Travolta wasn't aware that they no. got the Beaties. Nope. Oh, okay. Saw it. okay. One last piece of trivia. The iconic dance pose with the pointing finger in the white suit. So John Travolta said how that came around. He said he was doing a photo shoot and there were just, it was at the end of the day, he was tired. The photographer was tired. They'd been shooting, doing this photo shoot for hours. And the photographer goes, John, just give me one more move, one more. And John was like, oh, fine. yeah, all right. And he goes, and I just did that pointing pose. 
He took the photo and he goes, I couldn't believe it when they used that pose because I was half asleep <laughs> when that was taken. And that came, that pose came out of nowhere. He was just like, oh, I'm just going to do this because I'm tired and I want to go home, and they used it. <laughs> so that's the iconic shot. That was an accidental shot. Wow, that, wow, that's amazing. But you know what? That does tell, that does show you guys sometimes the best things in history come out of absolutely nowhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's the end of my trivia. All right, guys. So that'll do it for this edition of the Mixtape Podcast. Listen, guys, if you like anything that we do here on the show and you want to reach out to us to tell us how great we are, if you have a request for us, or if you just want to reach us or if you just want to reach out to us to tell us how much we suck, uh, you can reach out to us uh, by emailing us at themixtapepod at AOL.com. But if uh, if if you like us and you want to come back next week, next week we'll be covering the 1987 film Predator. So uh, with all that being said and done for, uh, as I say often, if someone is kind enough to make you a mixtape, that must truly mean that they love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.